Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to us and how you're listening to us, thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. I hope all of you are well and safe out there. And before we jump into, we're going to talk WWE, we're going to talk about Liv Morgan, we're going to talk about her run, thoughts of, my thoughts on WWE thus far. We're going to talk about, in Brown's big picture, Lamar Jackson, who I feel is getting disrespected. We'll talk about that. The WNBA, we'll get to that. And the two teams that will kick off our two-a-day, our NFL two-a-days, we'll get to that as well. But the first, I took a bit of a bye week last week. You know, sometimes you got to recharge. You know, you know, get kind of a little bit, you know, reinvigorated. And that's what I did. And hopefully... All of you checked out the content, you followed me on social media to keep up with me on at Ladarius, at Ladarius underscore Brown on both Twitter and TikTok and at Ladarius double underscore Brown on Instagram to follow me. You know, it took a little bit of a bye week. But anyway, we're back. We're back and ready, raring to go. So let's just jump in. Let's talk WWE to kick off this week's episode. Why not? And because the last time we spoke, I had the great 
Tanya Ray Fox on here and we previewed Money in the Bank. And what was interesting is that, and I noticed this and I forgot to bring it up with her after the fact, is that our picks, you know, were the last one, one of the last two people, you know, who were on the ladder, you know, in the Money in the Bank matchup. And for the most part, I love having her on because, you know, she was right about the Bobby Lashley winning the belt because it, it's because, you know, title changes happening at certain pay-per-views. You just don't see it happening. And I really thought they would keep the belt on theory. But the minute he lost the belt, I said, OK, they're going to put their money in the bank. And sure enough, as a broken clock is right twice a week, that's exactly what they did. And he's cashed in, you know, he, he's Mr. Money in the Bank. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that works out with SummerSlam on the horizon. But I really want to talk about Liv Morgan. Because the thing with Liv, it just felt that at some point Liv had to take off. And I think now more than ever, when you look at this women's division, and, and I've talked about this on social media, and I'll talk about it here now. You know, especially on the SmackDown side, I think... The division is getting better now that you have lived there. And because the thing, the problem that I had with Ronda Rousey holding the belt was that was the lack of opponents. But now with Liv, for some reason, I feel like there's more competition. Now you have Lacey, then you still have Raquel, you got Zia Lee, then you still got, you know, Rousey, you got Natalia. You know, and, and it's good on Liv because it was smart that she, it was smart on WWE's end. She wins, she catches in on Rousey because I just didn't see, listen, no one's catching in on Bianca Belair. Like I say, I'll stand by the comment that I think she's going to hold to the belt until WrestleMania. And I double down and triple down now, triple down on that every day. So her winning, so Liv winning the belt opens up new opportunities, which is, which is great upon Liv because she deserves it because I felt she got lost in the shuffle after, you know, Ruby, you know, Ruby, so you know, Ruby Riot now Ruby Soho in AEW, she was released, and then Sarah Logan was no longer there. It felt she was, it felt, I felt bad because I know Liv is great. And, and this is what I always say about storytelling is that you got to think long term with a lot of storylines. Short term works, but long term with Liv, I think they were building her up. And I think when they said, okay, we got to do this now, it worked out. I'm curious to see how her title reign goes. Because here's the thing. It's very odd that now, when you look at the four horsewomen who have, who have always said this company has built the women's division around for the last, over the last decade, there's only one now currently on programming, and that's Becky Lynch. Which, if you don't know by now, I love me some Becky Lynch because Becky Lynch grew on me over the last year year and a half character wise and but it's just weird because you know Charlotte Flair off television Sasha we all know about that and Bailey so the question is 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 that I think you're seeing the shift you look at Bianca you know Raw you look at Liv. At some point, the company had to, either by, you know, either by choice or by force, 
they had to shift away from the four horsewomen and, and build around other talent that they have there. Because when Bianca, because if you think about it, Bianca has beaten three of the four horsewomen. She hasn't beaten Charlotte, which I think will be the match at WrestleMania. How we get there? Well, we'll get there. We'll get to that path when we get there. But it's very interesting to see now that they're building around Liv and Bianca. Because Liv could hold on to that belt for a while. Because I think when you look at the SmackDown, I think Raquel's a future champion. I think Lacey's a future champion. But this is about Liv. And I think Liv holds on to the belt for the remainder of the year unless they pull a surprise, i.e. Charlotte, which there's a storyline there they could use, or someone like a, a, a Bailey. One of those two is going to come back for the end of the year. You know, leaning Charlotte. But I'm just happy to see that because I love women's wrestling and I just love good story and I think Liv is an amazing story and I think it works and I think for those who went after her on her first promo like it's her first promo as champion like imagine your first day on the job and you know on your promotion the first day you know on your new job with your new promotion listen you're not gonna knock it out of the park but listen you're going to get better and Liv is only going to get better. Because I remember the same people who talked about Bianca. Like, and look, look at Bianca. Bianca's untouchable. Bianca is there. Where ain't nobody touching Bianca. Bianca can put on great matches with literally anybody in that ring. And, and I preface this when I say, go back and look at her last couple of matches with Dewdrop. And you can't tell me that Bianca can't work with everybody. That those matches between Dewdrop, who I love, who I like as well, they put on amazing matches. Like anytime Bianca steps in the ring, it's a great match. So, but anyway, back to the topic of point, you know, back to the focal point. I think it's important to understand with Liv, Liv's only gonna get better. Because they're invested in Liv. And when you invest in someone, it, it works. Listen, Roman Reigns. Okay. Listen, they played the long game with Roman Reigns. Remember, they've tried to force and inundate us with Roman, Roman, Roman. But what, what clicked was, Roman was a heel. Here's the reality. Some people are better heels than faces, and some people are better faces than heels. And some people can pull off both with great succession. I was talking on Twitter with someone, you know, they were talking about guys like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and we talked about Dolph Ziggler. Like, you know, people like that can be a face and a heel and pull it off. Like, there's more examples. I'm just using that, you know, in this in this construct here of, of, the, of the argument. So, it can work. So, with Roman, they just had to make him heal. And with Liv, it was just more... Let's just put, you know, she's a baby face. Keep pumping her as the baby face. And that's exactly what Listen, her mic skills are going to, she's going to get better. Beyond, everybody's going to get better. So I'm just happy and proud on that end. And then people, you know, once again, speaking on, on the Roman front, like people are talking about, well, Roman and, and Brock. Listen, I, I'll tell you this. There's always an event that turns the landscape Cody Rose's injury changed the landscape of this match because I truly do believe 
that it was going to be Roman and Cody at SummerSlam. I felt that's where they're going to start rolling around, you know, leading us on the path to Rose becoming champion. But listen, you you can't listen. You can't have a better match than with Brock because it's a last man standing match. Who and, and I always make this point. Who else would you have Roman face at SummerSlam? That will get people in the seat. That will get people intrigued. Listen, people. Oh, we've seen this before. Listen, you watched the same movie. I guarantee you have a favorite movie or movies. You watched the same movie over and over again, and you know the beginning, the middle, and the end. You know the movie at like the back of your hand, but you still watch it. That's Roman and Brock. But the difference is, you kind of don't know sometimes how they're going to play it out in the end. That's the difference. That's my argument. Is is that this is essentially. A movie that you've seen, and even sequels, like all those Fast and the Furious movies, listen, it kind of works around that premise where you've seen match after match, but you just don't know the end. Like the fact you didn't know the endings of the Fast and the, all of the sequels of Fast and the Furious. So and, and listen, we may have known who's, who were going to who was going to win Brock and Roman in, in the certain matches that they faced, but you didn't know how they were going to do it, and that's the key. And I do believe there will be something interesting at, at the main event. Because it's going to be the main event, there ain't no question about it, of this particular match. So, that's something to think about. So, once again, good on Liv. You know, we're going to probably preview SummerSlam. And, you know, talk more about the Roman Brock in that card thus far. But, speaking of interesting things and things people are complaining about. You know, you know the WNBA, a sport that I love, and I feel that we don't talk about it enough on this show, because I I became a Seattle Storm fan because of the great Sue Bird, who's calling it a career after that. You know, and I, I don't think I touched on how much Sue influenced the way that I watch bat the WNBA. I was watching before as a young kid. You know, the, their great run the Houston Comets had, the Sparks had. I didn't have a favorite team. So I was watching the UConn in the national championship game. And I just saw Sue Bird. I was like, I like her. I like her game. And I said to myself, whatever team she goes to, that's my team. And guess what? She went to the Seattle store. So I want to throw that in there because I don't think I mentioned it before. But glad I did. But now, the WNBA, they had their all-star game recently in Chicago. You know, Team Stewart falling short against Team Wilson. We won't get into that. But there's a lot of things I want to get into with the W. You know, the MVP race is going to be interesting between Stewart, Asia, Wilson. And, you know, I might have somebody on to talk about that because it's it's a it's a very tight race. And most, like, defensive player of the year, it's very, very tight at a lot of those races there. But going back to my central point, there were a lot of talks about the league not opening up the event to the public. And Kathy Engel, Kathy Engelberg, the WBA, you know, the commissioner, took a lot of heat, you know, you know, for a lot of things going on. But once again, and, and just deservedly so, in some regards. But here's what I've always said: the theory you've heard me probably say on this show, probably ad nauseum. You heard me, you heard me say a lot of things on your ad nauseum. But one thing that to me, I look at it as a life principle. It's a life philosophy that I have is that when there are two or more parties involved in a certain situation, you can't put 100% of the blame on one person. 
So as much as we want to be like, oh, it's all, you know, the commissioner's fault. No, the, the, this, when these All-Star games, no matter the sport, the city and the staff of the team, you know, there are multiple pieces in motion to blame. And one of the things is that I feel like the W has taken a hit from a publicity standpoint to in promoting the sport because you have stars in that sport. I just mentioned Sue Bird. You got Brown Stewart. You know, you got, you know, even in Chicago, you got Candace Parker. You got Diana, Diana Taurasi. You have Asia Wilson. You have stars in the W, okay? There are stars. But why is it that we don't know about it? It's promotion. If anything, that you can fault the league for that. But for how the events turned out, I can't, in good conscience, put all of that on the W. Because when you have the city, Chicago, you have all of these things going on. Now, listen, the commissioner deserves a very fair survey. Listen, I'm not saying, oh, she doesn't deserve any of the blame. No, she deserves some of the blame. But I'm not saying... Don't put it all at her doorstep in front of her office. That's my point. Because when there are two or more people or entity entities in a situation, I cannot put 100% of the blame on one person. Think about it. Think of it as a relationship. If you're broken up, if you're in a breakup, you can't say it was all one person's fault. Because at least you take at least one, five, ten percent of the blame. And the other person can take the burden of the blame, the other 80, 89% of the blame. That's fine. But don't put it all on one person. Because even in little nuanced things, it's not all on one person. Even if it's, like I say, 1, 5, 10%, even 20%. And that's how I feel with the situation with the W and the events going on, what happened in Chicago. It's just that, and I jokingly said, because I work for, I also write for Beyond Women's Sports. And I joke, we'll get a new owner. You know, but in a joking way. But I think the problem is, is that when, and listen, I cover, Athletes Unlimited, I covered the basketball this season, and I'll be covering the softball. Athletes Unlimited softball, I covered the AUX softball that recently, and I'll be covering the AU, I'll be covering the AU softball, which I did last year. I'll be covering it again this year because I love softball. But I think sports like AU, people flock to them because it's about the fans and I think the people who suffered all this are the fans because the fans want to connect to the players because you have fans who became lovers of the game because of the players i.e. you know listen I love the W and I you know, listen I watched you know seeing you know those great huge like I mentioned those great Houston Comets teams but you know it, Sue Bird kept me in for life and now I'll forever be a Seattle Storm fan because of Sue Bird. So fans, in the, it's a very important relationship between the fans and the players. It sounds so rudimentary in principle, but it's fundamentally true. And I think that's who the real losers of all of this, you know, was in this, was the fans. Because... The, they support their fans who support this league and support it from way back when. Like old school fans like me. Who, who, who's been at this 20 years. I mean, I mean, I became 
like I said, so it's amazing to me that the fans, listen, the fans just deserve better. And they, and to me, I think it gets lost in the shuffle. And we can blame Kathy Ingram because I think she's dealing with her own set of problems, but that's a whole nother conversation. But promoting the league, because you can get new fans. Because with AU, it's a relatively new league and they're gaining fans. Because it's about the fans. It's the players connecting with the fans. And that's what we as, we're not asking too much as fans to, you know, talk to the players. Connect with them. Because they're people. They're not just robots going to play. No, we want to connect. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is that it's just about the fans. And at some point, I don't know if it's more, you know, the ownership. I don't, you know, but I think someone needs, you know, it's about investing in this league. If you're going to talk about it, be about it. And there are people, and I'm not going to call out any entities or any, any individuals, but there are people in, in individual, you know, people in entities that can invest in the WNBA. And the product um, in the context of promotion will be a thousand percent better. Because you have stars. You can promote the heck out of Breonna Stewart and Asia Wilson. In, the, in, in a way, yeah, you promoted Super and Candace Parker, Diana Taurasi. You have stars and you have budding stars in that league. I like Sabrina Ionesca. That's a star. You have young talent in there. There are stars now and are on their point to being stars, superstars. Invest. Because we as fans love this sport and it, and it hurts us to see the reputation that the W is getting. It, it's, it's, it, it's hurtful. And I'll, I'll just leave it, I'll, I'll leave it there before I go down a rabbit hole. But before we get to this week's Browns Big Picture, just once again, follow me on social media at Ladares underscore Brown on both Twitter and TikTok and follow me on Instagram at Ladares double underscore Brown. It also came with a trivia question today. You know, so check that out on those sites, on my social media sites as well. It's about the 80s. I hope you'll you'll like it. So speaking of things about liking, here's something that I, I dislike. And it's going to talk about Brown's big picture. But before we get there, I talked about the two a days and we're going to starting next week. We're going to cover two NFL teams, talk about them, maybe have some people want to talk about them. And and the two teams are going to be, we're going to go out west. As Horace Greeley once said, to go west, young man. So we're going to go west, fans. And we're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. A lot of things going on there, post-Russell Wilson era. And the Chargers. Interesting, interesting team. Could be a sleeper team. But when we get there, I'll explain why I feel that way next week. So those are your two teams that will kick off our two-a-days starting next week. So, speaking of the NFL, sticking with the NFL, ESPN came out with their quarterback list. Now, this list is according to league executives, coaches, scouts, and players. Let's preface with that. This this, this is nothing to do with fans. So, in your top five, you got Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burke. That's your top five. Rounding up, rounding out the top ten. Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Dak Prescott. Now, there's one name on there 
that should be on there, and that's Lamar Jackson. Because if you look at this list, look at the top five. Two MVPs, you got multiple, you got MVP winners. You got the four-time MVP in Aaron Rodgers. You got the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. You got Tom Brady, three-time NFL MVP. And you got Josh Allen, three, who, who could potentially win an MVP this year. Joe Burrow. So the top five guys are either MVP winners or potential MVP winners this season and or. But Lamar Jackson won an MVP back in 2019. And, and listen, and people are like, oh, listen. Dak is a top 15 quarterback, but he's not. A, he's probably number 11. Because it's amazing to me. I, if, if, if you tell me quarterback wins, that lets me know that you have nothing in the tank in terms of an argument. Because what I will say is this. Lamar Jackson is the MVP in this league. You can call him a runner. You can call him anything you want. I don't want to hear about postseason because Dak Prescott and the Cowboys ain't got no space. And I know Cowboy fans, some of them are my, you know, uh, follow me on social media and I follow them. It's not that I I don't hate the Dallas Cowboys. And I know last year I went on a tangent about Dak Prescott. It was about the contract. It's that you're going to pay him like a guy like Russ who's been to two Super Bowls. When Dak hasn't even been close to one. Now, am I blaming? And listen, and remember when Dak? Listen, when I did my blame for the Dallas Cowboys troubles, I gave Dak five percent of the blame. Okay, so I don't hate Dak Prescott. So we just because, and this is the thing I people understand: just because you don't think Dak is the top ten quarterback doesn't mean you hate Dak Prescott. It's just you think Lamar is better, and that's a whole separate argument. Because it's one thing not to like Dak and just purposely drop him. Because you don't like him. Me, I just think Lamar is better. Lamar's an MVP in this league. The Ravens, listen. I just think with Lamar Jackson, you have to look at his body of work. Listen, he's an MVP. I keep repeating, he's an MVP. We could argue that maybe Burrow, you could swap Burrow with Stafford. I could argue that, listen, Deshaun Watson, despite not playing a single down, since the 2020 season is a top 10 quarterback you can make a case i how you may feel about him personally he's a talent but he ain't playing this year and that to me you put a guy on this list you put two guys on this list at nine and ten and Watson and prescott respectively who Watson he may not even play a, a, a that many he, he's not gonna play a full 17 game schedule that's not going to happen. And Dak, what has Dak done? This is what I ask people. What has Dak done to warn him being a top 10 quarterback? I don't want to hear quarterback wins because how I feel about quarterback wins is essentially that's a stat where that's this is an individual stat, but it's not to be wins or a team stat. Like if you tell me a coach coaching wins, that matters because he's the coach. So that matters. When we talk about wins and losses, that's a coach. A quarterback, oh, well, Tom Brady's a lot of wins. Yeah, because he had because he had Adam Vinatieri, he had Steven Gostowski. He's had great defenses. And, and, so, yeah, he's going to win. A, he's won a lot of games. So that's why I say quarterback wins is not a real stat. Because you look at some of the guys who have all these wins versus some of the guys like who you'd be surprised if you have more, quote, unquote, quarterback wins than other quarterbacks. That's what dilutes the argument. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation. 
But to get back to this, the disrespect that Lamar Jackson is getting is, is, is not warranted. Because we can talk about, oh, well, he's a running quarterback. Yeah, okay, cool. But who's more likely to get to a Super Bowl in their careers? And the answer is Lamar Jackson. Because, listen, Dallas, that offensive line, that's got to rebuild it. The Baltimore Ravens had a great draft, probably one of the best drafts. Eric DaCosta and John Hart, you know, that, you know, that front office had a great draft. They have a great roster. Lamar Jackson will be in a Super Bowl before, and even, even as crowded as the AFC is, I think that can Dak even get past, like, look, look on this list, the quarterbacks that Dak has to get past. And Rodgers, even though he that offense is going to look different, he's still got to do with Tom Brady. He's still got to do with Matthew Stafford. Like, if this were like top, like he, he's a top five AFC, NFC quarterback, but he's not a top ten quarterback because the AFC simply has better quarterbacks. I hate to be that guy. Like my guy Matt, Matty Ice, he's in the AFC. In a very, very crowded group of great AFC quarterbacks. So my point is, is that the disrespect that Lamar Jackson is getting is perhaps on the fact that oh, you 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 look at him as a running back, not a quarterback, and that's not fair. And you got to get that, that. That's a silly and asinine mindset. Lamar Jackson, yeah, is a uber talent. And listen, don't give me quarterback wins. Don't because listen, if Dak Prescott. The reason why we're having this conversation is because Dak Prescott right now has not shown me. And I like Dak. And I once again go back to my other episodes where I talk about where I didn't when it, when the team was absolutely terrible, I didn't put it all on Dak because I know how great Dak is. But at the end of the day, this boils down to who do I see winning a Super Bowl Super Bowl and who has an MVP and it's Lamar Jackson. Rodgers has an MVP. Tom Brady has an MVP. And they're top five quarterbacks. And you put a guy, and it's not disrespect to Joe Burrow, but Burrow's been in the league, what, to be a third year? And you're putting him over a guy like Lamar Jackson. And it's not Joe Burrow's fault. I think Joe Burrow's going to be a star in this league. But when we talk about Dak and Lamar, this boils down to Yes, Lamar is an MVP, but not only that, he has a better chance, even in a crowded AFC, to get to a Super Bowl than Dak Prescott. That's how I feel. And I don't hate Dak. But once again, you can dislike you I like Dak as a person, he's a fine quarterback, but he's not a top ten quarterback. And is it because he's playing the Dallas Cowboys? That may that may be a part of a reason. But listen, I, I've talked about Kirk Cousins on this show. He plays for the Minnesota Vikings. So to me, that argument falls flat. To me, it does. Because I've talked about Kirk Cousins, how I think you know, I, I think that he was a top. Well, I, I think he was a top fifteen quarterback, but he proved me wrong. And I'm willing to admit that I was wrong about Kirk Cousins, because that's what I want to do. I want to be proven wrong. You know, I like to be proven right, but sometimes it's okay to be proven wrong. And, and Kirk Cousins proved me wrong in a lot of ways. But this, 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 this Lamar hate is just it's it's, it's just a disrespect. Because he deserves a new contract. He's going to get a new contract. Because, my goodness, if Dak can get that contract, why can't Lamar? I'm going to end it with that. And on that note...
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sports in the World podcast. Once again, follow me on social media at Sports. You know, follow me and the Sports in the World podcast. Follow me at Ladares underscore Brown Twitter and TikTok. Follow me at Instagram at Ladares double underscore Brown. As well, be on the lookout once again for this week's trivia question about the 80s. And starting next week, our two days, we're going to head west. We'll be talking about the Seattle Seahawks and the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. And until you hear me again, I'm Ladarius. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World Podcast.